Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed-faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed-faith community. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. I'm not Katie. But we are still married. This is a solo episode. Katie's going to do one of these as well. In this episode, we're going to talk about six tips in supporting your believing spouse. So I'm talking directly to the non-believing spouse, which I know is not the perfect label. Uh, Labels are awful and everyone hates them, and that's what our society has decided. But um, (laughs) just for simplicity's sake, we kind of put those labels on it. And I have six tips that I want to talk to you about briefly and give you some examples. Some of them you'll recognize from past episodes. For those that, that have transitioned away from the church or their belief isn't what it once was, These tips hopefully will help you support your spouse. And Katie's going to do a very similar episode for the believing spouse in supporting the non-believing spouse, which we really hope is is helpful for everybody. Before I get there, uh, do want to remind everyone on Saturday the 18th, which is coming up just in a couple of days when this is released, uh, at Thanksgiving Point, we are going to be at the Saturday Salon, saturdaysalon.org to register. It's completely free. Margaret Toscano will be there talking about the role of women in the temple. Well, we've announced it in the past few episodes, um, but we've never really done kind of a, a get-together. And, and we didn't actually um, set this up, but we were invited by a, a, a few listeners that, that did organize this uh, to be there. And we thought it would be awesome if we can have a few listeners there. But as a reminder, if you didn't hear on the other podcasts, you can tell by the subject matter that if you're not comfortable talking about the details of the temple, this may not be the best one for for you to come to, but there will be future events. If you are comfortable with that, uh, we would love to have you there and love to meet you. Katie will be there as well. And it's at 6 p.m. on uh, May 18th, almost said 19th, May 18th at Thanksgiving Point. Free catered food. It's a great date night. Expect it to be about an hour and a half to two hours if you're looking at babysitting. (laughs) Hope to see you there. Now let's get right into some of those tips for the non-believing spouse to support your believing spouse. The first one is just in general communication, focus on this works for me versus this does not work for me. Instead of this is true versus this is not true, focusing on this works or doesn't work is a lot healthier than focusing on this is true, this is not true. The fact of the matter, a lot of people, I can speak for myself here, history has been a big part of my journey. But to be frank, your personal feeling and interpretation of that history comes into play. So if I say, look at this, this thing that you thought was true is not, she can dispute that. Katie can disagree with me. But making it more personal and more about this thing no longer works for me, or this thing does work for me, that encourages more of a, well, why is that? Tell me what, what are you feeling when you go to church? Or what are you feeling uh, when the elders quorum president comes over to visit? Or what are you feeling when you're, you're, again, I'm trying to give examples of all across the spectrum of activity. What are you feeling when you're asked to do church cleanup on Saturday morning, but you're saying it doesn't work for you? Talk, talk through that with me, please. That is uh, a lot healthier discussion than this is true, this is not true. A bad example uh, that from me and Katie, I sat her down. This is now over a year ago, but it was after the podcast started. So uh, post-January 2018. But I sat down with with Katie uh, at the computer and 
had convinced her, and I could tell she was hesitant, to sit down and read about one specific issue in church history that, in my opinion, was very good evidence on my side of the story. And we sat down, and we didn't even get five minutes into it until we were just arguing with each other. What are you trying to do here, Alan? What are you trying to do? All of that is just trying to pull Katie to my side of the fence, and it just does not work. Bill Real talks about that. You can't pull someone into a different stage of faith. It's not how it works. It's a very personal experience. Uh, a good example about it is is actually uh, today. I'll pull up my phone right now. Today I text Katie um, the following. So I said, I was reading through the Come Follow Me manual for primary kids. I do that from time to time. It's about eternal families and the proclamation uh, to the world. Uh, it talks about God's definition being only men and women being married, also about gender identity. I'm not sure how we handle that, but I'm not okay with the core points that will be taught. I was trying to convey to her not the church is wrong about this. The church is wrong about these stances. It was more, I have a problem. This doesn't work for me. I don't know what to do. What should we do? And her response back to me was, was let's do Allen Church on Sunday, which we got from Trisha and Matt Harward, who were recent interviewees, interviewees on the podcast, uh, this idea of, hey, some Sundays let's do Trisha Church versus Allen Church. So now the pressure's on me to come up with an uplifting Sunday activity for us to do, whether that's a hike or go to another church to check it out or even stay home and just do something family focused. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Again, there was no argument on my side of Katie, this, what the church teaches is wrong and it's not true. It's devaluing something that she maybe believes. Instead, it was, I have a problem with this. Okay. Number two, sincerely ask your spouse what they value about their participation in church and then support them. I mean, it's really that simple. This was, uh, we mentioned it in a previous episode, but we had a conversation about Katie. I didn't even ask the questions. So you beat me here. Be a better spouse than me, but have that deliberate conversation because I was making the argument of, you know, why can't we go hiking on Sunday as a family? And it's always about church. And Katie was like, look, we can go hiking. Why? I don't see why we have to miss church in order to do that. Because Alan, here's the thing. I... I value my participation in primary. Primary is where I feel I serve people. Primary is where I feel like I can be a good influence on the children. And that's how I feel I serve God. And in that moment, it kind of clicked for me of this isn't about trying to pull her out of church. I, I finally understood and, and listened to her words <laughs> and, and just trusted her. I don't value primary. I have deep concerns, as you saw in my text message, about some of the things that maybe the kids will learn. But I can focus on it does work for her, and she does value her participation in primary. So from then, I said, you're, you're right. If you need some help preparing um, a lesson, or you need me to download a video for you to play and throw it on a thumb drive for the kids, whatever you need help with for primary... I'll be happy to help you because I know that she values it. Number three, uh, ask what their greatest fears are with your newfound beliefs. What are they scared about? Then openly discuss it. So a lot of people, I, I'll say, no, I won't even say that. 
just you can have the conversation yourself with your spouse. But I asked Katie, it was on my birthday of 2018. So now it's been uh, a little over a year, about 14 months ago. I asked her, like, what are you worried about? What comes next? What act, what behavior changes are you worried for me? Or, or what is your greatest fear? And I was expecting something like, well, I'm afraid your actions uh, are going to split our family apart in the next life. That, that didn't come up. It was not doctrinal. It wasn't theological. It was two things. It was alcohol and church attendance. I'm afraid, Alan, that you're going to stop attending altogether. And the idea of being a, uh, a Sunday chapel widow is frightening to me. I don't want to, that to happen. And the other is I'm really worried about, about you drinking alcohol. I don't know how I would take that. Well, that was in March of 2018, and I stopped attending church in uh, basically in December of 2018, so about nine months after that. And by that point, she had seen enough of the, this doesn't work for me, and enough of the effort I was trying and trying on my side, that it, it wasn't easy for her when I stopped, but she knew that I couldn't do it anymore. It just was not part of the cards. And yes, I've gone back for Easter. I was there for Mother's Day. But ongoing church attendance just is not something that works for me anymore. And that greatest fear, I think now looking back, again, she can talk to this, but it's it was not as huge of a deal because she is focusing on it. She understands this does not work for me anymore. And alcohol will actually have a separate episode all about alcohol because that has changed as well. Foreshadowing. Number four. This goes along with that last one. Don't hide any behavioral changes from your spouse. If you feel that you need to make a change, church attendance, drink coffee, stop wearing garments, you don't feel comfortable paying tithing, uh, tell them. Tell them that. Explain why you feel that way. See how they feel about it. I didn't stop attending church right away because for me... I knew that would be hard for Katie, and it wasn't pressing down on me so hard that I felt like I was um, suffering mentally, to be dramatic, uh, with my church attendance. But when it got to that point, I, I just had to own it and say, this doesn't work. I can't do it. it it's, I, it's a negative in my life, and then I'm cranky all day after. It's a negative in yours, and she completely saw it. But you have to have that communication. The big mistake I made was when I stopped wearing garments, I did not say anything. I just stopped. And that was not easy for Katie. Understandably so. It's it's more about the, the, the trust and the communication than it is about the actual action, even though the action is important. You know, those things are important to people. Number five, recognize the good in the church when you see it. You don't have to criticize everything. If you're still attending and there's a good message in a talk, shoot your spouse a text and say, I really like that. If there's a conference talk that you really liked, recognize it. That's okay. If, if, a, new, if a press release comes out and you like um, a donation the church made, you don't have to be cynical and say, well, the only reason why they did this is X, Y, and Z. No, just recognize when the church does something good. It is okay to recognize that. You don't have to criticize everything. And by the way, I mean, this is a strategic thing too, because if you criticize everything, you're less legitimate. And 
they're not going to take you seriously. If you recognize the good, and then you do bring up things that do bother you and explain why, those your spouse is more likely to listen. If you're always criticizing everything, even the things that look good on the surface, they're not going to take anything you say seriously. I completely get it. I understand. It's this sense of betrayal, the the, the difficult way that all of this, I mean, 35 years it worked for me and I believed it wholeheartedly and all of a sudden it doesn't. I feel betrayed. I feel lied to. I'm I'm looking at everything the church does under a microscope and and cynically or skeptically looking at it and saying, oh, oh, I know why they're doing this. They're doing this because if they don't, then in two months, it's this law is going to pass and they're blah, blah, blah. But hopefully this this practice of, of recognizing the good when you see it is good for you personally as well. We don't want a black and white world. The One of the things that I cannot stand is said in any situation is it's either all true or it is all false. It's either a fraud or it is the most perfect thing in the world. That's just not how it works. That's not how it is. When we are on this side of the fence of the non-belief, we don't want black and white either. And we have to put our money where our mouth is. We see the very real problems in the church, which means we should also be able to see the real good. Okay, and that leads to the last one. And it's a pretty good connection here. Don't dogpile if your spouse is ever critical about the church. So this is number six. Don't dogpile if your spouse is ever critical about the church. Just listen and support them. Here's uh, an example from from me and Katie uh, just a few months ago. She received an email. She called me when I was at work and she said, I just got an email from the church and it's bothering me. And I said, oh, what's that about? And it was an email encouraging her to vote against the medical marijuana bill in Utah. And so this is uh, probably in what, September, October of last year. And she said, it really bothers me that they're using email to support or have me vote one way or the other. And when I heard that, what's your initial reaction, spouses out there that, that are on this side? It's, oh my gosh, yes, this is my chance. She's seeing it. I'm going to pile on and I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, that's so frustrating. And did you know they did that with Prop 8? And did you know that blah, 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 blah? Instead, just slow down and say, oh, that's frustrating. I'm so sorry. How, how are you feeling about it? Just let them talk. Support them. Be a, be the listener. Be the be the spouse that they need you to be. Um, you don't have to 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 dogpile. And and again, secondary objective there. And it's, sorry if I speak with with business language, but the secondary objective there is if you do, they'll double down. It's happened with Katie and I often. She'll say, "I didn't quite like how this message was delivered." in general conference. And then I'll jump in and agree with her. And all of a sudden I find her now defending the the speaker because I've joined in the fray. That can be frustrating, but also they, they already agree. And, and sometimes these communications are really tricky because it can feel like they have to choose between us and the church. And in reality, you, you don't, if you haven't read Chelsea Homer's LDS.org article about choosing between God and your spouse. Well, you can choose both. You should go read that for sure. Okay, this has been a pretty quick episode, but those are the six tips in supporting your believing spouse. Just to run it down, if you want to write them down quickly, number one, focus on this works versus this does not work instead of this is true or not true. Number two, 
Ask your spouse what they value about their participation in church, and then support them. Number three, ask what their greatest fears are with your newfound beliefs, and then have an open discussion about it. Number four, don't hide any behavioral changes from your spouse. If you're feeling that you need to make a change, tell them and explain why you feel that way. Number five, recognize the good in the church when you see it. You don't have to criticize everything. And number six, don't dogpile if your spouse is ever critical about the church. Just listen and support them. This has been Marriage on a Tightrope. We hope you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Marriage on a Tightrope and you'll find both the Facebook group and the Instagram account. If you want to say hi, we'd love to chat. You can email us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to marriageonatightrope.org. Scroll about halfway down the page on the right-hand side and you'll see a donate button. We certainly appreciate all the support for the effort that we put into it. Thank you very much for listening. Good luck on this tightrope, you crazy tightropers. We'll see you next time.